Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Romans Bible study here in my office at Crossway Church. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to be with you today. Glad you're here. Whenever it is you're watching this, I pray that you'd get your Bibles. You'd follow along with us so that you can see what God is saying in His Word, and then you can believe Him because He's trustworthy. Amen. We have had a blessed time up to this point. We're in Romans chapter 8. Today will be part 14. We'll be beginning in verse 14. It just gets better and better every time we get together. And uh, But before, before we dig in today to the Word of God, I want to remind us that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, as well as the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And at the website, you can donate, sow your seed into good ground, and uh, be a blessing uh, to this ministry and be a part of what this ministry is doing as well as on your smartphone. You can uh, just text your giving to 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903-231-5950. And you can get our Crossway Church app on your smartphone and be able to watch the services uh, our, our Romans teaching, our Jude teaching, uh, every Monday and Thursday morning. I'm right here in my office at 8.30 a.m. Central Time teaching this Romans class or a session, these, 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 this Roman, Romans Bible study. I'll get it together in a minute. And on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, we meet in the studio next door for our Jude Bible study. And if you live anywhere near Queen City, I encourage you to come and bring your Bible, a cup of coffee, be a part of that one-hour Bible study every Friday morning. We won't be meeting this coming Friday morning because the good news is camp meeting starts Thursday night here at Crossway Church. Thirteen ministers coming in from all over this uh, great country we live in, and they'll be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, we're going to have a great time in the Lord as we get together, and it, it's, it's a unique camp meeting because it's it's uh, ministers who have stepped into a place that Paul found under the leading of the Holy Spirit where they've become determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. And they've come to realize that every word, every jot, every tittle in the Bible must be connected to the living Word who is Jesus and what He did at Calvary so that he could become our everything in every situation. Praise God. It's going to be a great camp meeting starting Thursday night at 6 p.m. right here. I'll be ministering Wednesday night. I won't have any, uh, I'm not speaking during the camp meeting, but I'll be speaking Wednesday night as always this week. And so I encourage you to to, to be here if you live anywhere near here and you love the message of the cross, you love the preaching of the gospel, spirit-filled people gathering together in the name of Jesus. Wonderful times of praise and worship to our great God and King. And we're looking so forward to this year's determined all-in camp meeting. This year's theme is all-in. We've stepped into a place, all, we're all-in. Hallelujah. We're not still wondering if the Bible is all about Christ and what he did at Calvary. We're all-in. Single vision. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. The best days are ahead for those who are in the faith. And uh, uh, don't forget to pray for our other Crossway Church in 
Wichita Falls, Texas that we planted uh, next month will be a year ago already. And uh, there's a building we've been meeting in now for the last, I guess, three months or so. And uh, Pastors Colton and Casey Hill are moving from Athens, Tennessee uh, to uh, Wichita Falls, Texas early in November, the second weekend, I believe. And we'll begin to uh, uh, pastor that church. And as far as I know, they will be the very first ones to go into that city of 104,000 people and begin to pioneer this great message, this great message of reformation that we are truly in, the message of the cross, praise God, the message that saves and delivers and brings a wandering church back to the place they can hear and receive, where no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's good news. I'm thankful for the truth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, uh, one, la one last thing before we dig in this morning, and we're not tied to 30 minutes. If I do five minutes worth of commercials, then I'll go five minutes over because I'm not tied to another broadcast behind me coming on. I, I, I'm free. Hallelujah. Glory. I can sit here and do it all day if I need to. But we mail six expositors study Bibles to inmates across the land. The, 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 the pile is growing and growing and and we mail six a week. This is where we are now. This, this is how many we have now. The colors represent the months. That's how I keep them in order to know who gets uh, 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 theirs first by those who write in first. But when we mail these expositor study Bibles out six every week, we also mail the one each of these. What must I do to be saved? And I know I was saved. I know I love the Lord, but... <laughs> things just aren't working out. I don't know how to apparently live for God. Things aren't working out. We mail uh, these with the Bibles and the inmates are really using these and the Expositor Study Bible to find their way into truth or those who are saved already finding their way back to truth because there's as much false doctrine, if not more, in the prison systems around this nation and the world than it's out here or it's equal to. It's the same. It, it's just a pitiful state in there, but they're you know limited to what comes into them. So it's a great opportunity. Thirty-seven dollars a Bible just to get an expositor study Bible. You can sow into this ministry thirty-seven dollars, and it will go toward an inmate receiving an expositor study Bible in these two tracks. And revival is breaking out in the prison system. Got a letter right here. I'll be reading it at camp meeting a couple times probably and uh, inmate saw his buddy's Bible, got to read it a little bit and he sent me a letter and asked, can I have one? I'm converting from Islam. All it took was to hear God's word as it is truth in righteousness. These notes in the expositor study Bible always point to Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's all they need to be able to let go of those false doctrines and come back to the place of faith and grace where they can hear and receive of the Lord. Hallelujah, that's good news, isn't it? I'm glad to be a part of that, and you can too. Next month, we will have mailed 1,000. I'm sorry, as of right now, we have mailed 1,088 Bibles to inmates. Next month will be four years since we began this ministry. And uh, that's quite that's quite a, a, 
an opportunity the Lord has given us, a great blessing to sow and to lay up treasure for ourselves in heaven to be able to get these Bibles into the hands of inmates. So pray about it. And again, you can give as easy as texting to 903-231-5950 to help this ministry do that. Here we are today in part 14 of Romans chapter 8. And you can go all the way back to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And verse by verse, we just allow the Lord to walk us through his word, teaching us this which we need to know, the truth. And we have had a blessed time of, of not just hearing, not just seeing what's in the Bible, but the very experience. Learning is an experience. You know, uh, yesterday we had a great service here at Crossway Church, and and uh, there, 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 there is a place where faith, faith, faith is not just uh, hearing or seeing God's word. Faith, if it's real, moves us with fear into the very experience of what we have heard God say. And just because we hear God say something, faith can come if we. If that faith is, if if it's really, if we're believing God, it's it's like Hebrews eleven seven, by faith Noah being warned of God, of things as of not yet seen. Listen, moved with fear and prepared an ark. When faith is legitimate, it moves us with a reverence for God, a believing of God. God has told me this. I believe this to the point of moving me in that direction. And we know that's legitimate because James said faith without works, faith without being moved with fear into the experience of what God has said is dead. Faith without works is dead. And really, I've never really heard it taught, but it's not faith, it's not faith is dead without my works. It's faith is dead without the working of the Holy Spirit who cannot work in my life unless my faith is in Christ in Him crucified. We, and see, see, the promise to Noah of saving his family through the building of the ark included uh, the directional word that God gave uh, Noah, rather, uh, was that he was going to destroy the world except for him. And he, and he knew why, because of his faith. Faith in the coming Redeemer. Faith in the coming promise of God to deliver from sin and to crush the devil's head. By faith, Noah being moved with fear. By faith, Noah being warned of God, heard God, but then he had to believe God, and when he believed God, his faith was legitimate because it moved him with fear into the very experience of what God has said. That's powerful. I hope you go back and listen to yesterday's service. You can find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's part two of a message entitled Vision for Life, and it will be a blessing for you, a challenge for you, an encouragement for you, and a check for us all to be able to examine ourselves and make for sure we're in the faith and not just in a ministry, in a fellowship, but in the faith. Praise God. So here in verse 14, Romans chapter 8, this is part 14, the Bible says, For as many as are led 
by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, this can be a troubling Bible verse. It can be used by legalists to say that uh, if you're not being led by the Spirit of God, then you're not a son of God. But every child of God, every Christian, has had times in our lives that we have not been led by God. And it's not that he hasn't been attempting to lead us. It's that in rebellion or ignorance, it makes no difference. We have rejected somehow his leading. And that's what a part of this, if not most of the part of chapter 8 is about, learning how to walk after the Spirit instead of after the flesh. How to trust in Christ and what he did at Calvary. How to, how to hear the, the Lord today. Jesus said the Holy Spirit comes the comforter. He's going to reveal all truth to you. He's going to, he's going to reveal that to you, show you that which is of mine. He's going to lead you in all Truth and the Bible is truth. If it's in the context, hear me today. The Bible is our truth, great provisional truth. If our faith is in the one who said, "I am the truth," and what He did to become our liberating and all the provisional grace of God benefit to us, and that's the cross. That's the avenue. That's the object of faith. So think about this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, and it's really present tense, it says for as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now I want to show you something. It's words, little words, like the word are that we just pass right over, and we need to become, all of us need to become better students of the Word. And I pray the Holy Spirit would stir our hearts to dig in. To, to I, You know, uh, we'll, we'll, most of us will never become biblical theologians or great Bible scholars, but a few of you will. But we do need to be students of the Word. We do need to dig. We need to, Because God has hidden many things, never from us, but for us, to search out. As if we're searching, uh, listen, for something greater than silver or gold. And God's word is greater than any treasure on this earth. Hallelujah. And we need to remember that. But this little three-letter word, or, it, one, of the, one of the meanings of this word, or, is agree. They are in agreement with God. If we're, and we can bear this out by the very teaching here in Romans 8. Let me read this again. For as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They're in agreement with God. They're in agreement. Remember, we're talking about, Paul wrote here, he's talking about in this chapter, you can't just take one verse and run with it out in left field and do with it what you want to do. You have to read the Bible in its context. And you have to understand the Bible in its context. And the context here is learning to walk after the Spirit, learning to be led by the Spirit, so that we can agree with the one who's teaching us because it's only when we're agreeing with him, believing what he's teaching us, that we can follow after that which he's teaching us. Remember, and he's only going to reveal truth, so it'll be truth we're walking in. It'll be truth we're loving more. It'll be truth we're desiring to hear more because once we learn to follow after the leading of the Spirit, you don't want to follow anything else. Once you learn how to be led of the Spirit, and I know some people say, what do you mean learn how to be led of the Spirit? You have to learn 
how to be led of the Spirit. You have to learn in that which the Holy Spirit leads you. Jesus said it would be truth. But truth has to always be tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Or it can't be liberating. It can't be provisional. It can't bring the grace of God. It can't show you righteousness. Proverbs 12, 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And if we're not seeing, believing the truth, we can't see righteousness. And if we can't see the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, we can't be led by the Spirit, follow after the Spirit in the path the only path in which he leads, which is the path of righteousness. So think about that. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, being led by the Spirit of God, they are walking with God in agreement with God, the Holy Spirit and what he's teaching them, what he's revealing to us about Jesus, what he's revealing to us about the benefits of Jesus coming and dying for us. Because see, the cross of Christ wasn't just to get us saved and in the kingdom and, and one day to heaven. The cross of Jesus Christ is the only avenue, I'm talking about his death there, Galatians 2.21, is the only avenue through which grace comes and grace is the only avenue through which righteousness comes. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. Write it down. Make sure you go look at it. Let's just look at it together. Galatians 2 and 21. Let's read it together. Paul says, let's just back up to verse 20. Because Paul writes under the anointing of the Holy Spirit who only reveals truth, which has always got to be tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Always, I don't care if it's what we call the pastoral letters from Paul to Timothy, Paul to Titus, Paul to... It's under the anointing of truth that he received that he was able to give in letters to men, Holy Spirit revealing truth. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit revealing the things of Jesus, the will of God for the truth to be able to function among God's people. So... Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Paul always points us to Christ and what he did at Calvary. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, right now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it is talking about right there in that particular portion of Scripture, not my faith in Christ, although your faith has to be there, but this is talking about the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ because it goes on to explain what he did by grace through faith. He loved us and he tasted death for us. He gave himself for us by grace through faith. Amen. All right. So it's, it, we don't need a new translation here. It is talking about the faith of Jesus Christ, who did what by faith? Loved me, see faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, and gave himself for me. He did that by grace, Hebrews 2, 9, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. He did that by grace through faith. Amen. What's verse 21? I do not frustrate, that means deny, set aside, avoid, the grace of God. Why? Be, and he's talking about moving his faith from the cross. Don't move your faith from the cross. 
Let me tell you something profound today. God has offered us many benefits that we can believe Him for a spouse, for a job, for a better job, for His healing touch. But our faith can never be in anything but Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary. Don't ever forget that. We can believe for God's healing touch, for God to open door, for. But our faith has to be in Christ and His accomplished, finished work for us at Calvary. Watch. I do not frustrate, deny, set aside, avoid the grace of God because if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. See what he goes back to? Christ is dead in vain. The grace of God is always tied to the death of Christ. It cannot come into my life and save me initially unless my faith is in Christ and Him crucified. If my faith is in a work I have to do, and men are lying by the drove today telling people they have to do a work, they have to do something to be saved, that's a, an avoidance of the grace of God because the focus is not on the death of Jesus, it's on a work that I must do. And that's a lie. That's a setting aside of the grace of God because the, fruit, the, the, the whole point of this, what we're reading here, is the avenue through which righteousness comes being that of grace, being that of the death of Jesus. You can't ever move away from the cross of Christ. If you do, you fall from this place of grace, and anything we're calling the fruits of righteousness is not. The fruits of righteousness can only come about through the believer and his faith in the death of Jesus. When we move from there, grace has ceased to flow it's not ceased to be offered. It ceased to flow because we have turned away from the only avenue through which grace comes and grace, God working in and through our lives, brings forth, produces in us the very fruits of His righteousness and we bear that through faith in the death of Jesus. You don't come in by the death and then work your way, work your way, uh-uh. Yes, there are many works, but they're all in Christ, Ephesians 2.10. They're all the works of the Holy Spirit. God won't honor anything that he's not doing. Think about that. So watch this. Let's go back to Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led, for as many as are being led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. They're in agreement with God. And if they, let's stay on the kindergarten level. If I'm being led by the Spirit, I'm experiencing sonship. I'm experiencing the very, the very experience. I'm experiencing what it is to be a child of God, to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, if we if we we're not, I say skip verse 15, we'll come back to it, but look at verse 16 because it's a, there's a little different twist on verse 16 when it comes to being sons of God, children of God. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit, that we are, that's a word that means assurance. We are, not I think, I hope, I no. 
the Spirit of God it Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. See, verse 16 speaks of the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit because that's how he bears witness with our, how our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit. Think about that in communication now because we're born again. We've received a new heart and a new spirit. Now we can communicate with God, hear from God. We couldn't do that as a lost person. All we could do is believe the gospel and then he gave us eyes to see and ears to hear. Think about that. And you and I, when, when so many times people say, Christians get beat down so bad because they don't understand the way of victory, the, the only avenue in which the Holy Spirit leads. And for centuries, the church has been taught a bunch of garbage. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll teach the message of the cross a little bit and then we'll be carried off by the lust of our own fleshly desires again and be caught back up in those deceitful things that's not showing the righteousness of God. Remember Proverbs 12, 17, you need, maybe you need to have a banner made of this and put it on your platform, put it up in your living room. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. When truth is spoken, righteousness is seen. That's why anybody that's telling you you have to do a work to get into heaven or you have to do a work to be delivered from your sin, delivered from your bondages, you have to do something. You need to hear me today. That self-work, self-righteousness, and truth won't produce that. Truth won't show self-righteousness. Truth will only show the righteousness of God, the avenue through which it comes. Where were we a moment ago? Galatians 2.21. Righteousness only comes through the gospel. Romans 1.16 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, which by the way is truth, from faith to faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith comes by hearing God's word in its gospel context. And righteousness is shown. Faith comes by hearing God's word in its gospel context and his righteousness is shown. Faith comes by hearing God's word in, in the gospel context, and his righteousness is shown. Listen, if you're tired of me saying that, and you, you think you need something deeper, there ain't nothing deeper, my friend, than knowing the way to be led by the Spirit of God. I mean, pride, knowledge that puffs up, is not, is, listen, is, we're not receiving it right, or it's the wrong knowledge, one of the two. But here he says in verse 16, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit itself, himself, bears witness with our spirit that we absolutely, emphatically, concretely are without a shadow of a doubt the children of God. You can't lie to me. You can't take it from me. Oh, hallelujah. I can wake up and no matter in the midst of whatever the horrible things are that somebody's done to me, that I have done to myself, it makes no difference. I can still be in my spirit hearing the Holy Spirit tell me I am a child of God. When depression comes my way, oppression comes my way, whatever it is that beats on your windows, you can still have the assurance that you're a child of God because the Holy Spirit 
is always attempting to bear witness that we are the children of God. Because if you ever get beat down and begin to wonder if you're a child of God, oh, that's a great effectual open door for the enemy. If he can get you to doubt God's love, if he can get you to doubt what he did at Calvary to manifest that love, to prove that love for you, then, man, I'm telling you, bad things can happen like never before. Horrible things. But we have this great assurance, this great hope. Not I hope something, no. We ha our hope is in Christ. It's there. And, and, and so there's a little different twist on Romans chapter 16. It, that speaks of the assurance, that blessed assurance that, that we have, that we're hearing from the Spirit of God, that we are the children of God. No doubt about it. We're justified, forgiven, blessed. We're in Christ, hidden. Man, the promises, I, we, nobody's got enough time to tell you the promises that we have because we're children of God. And if you believed in Christ and what he did at the cross for you to atone for your sins, then you're saved, born again, and you can have the assurance. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your emotions are going through. You just simply can be assured that God loves you. He gave his son for you. You believe it, and you are a child of God. Verse 14, on the other hand, speaks of those of us, those Christians who are learning the experience of being led by the Spirit, walking after the Holy Spirit's revealing the truth in its Jesus, in its gospel form to us, that he'll be able to lead us in the path of righteousness, praise God. For all the new viewers out there, let me say this at the end of the broadcast today or as we near the end of the broadcast today, I need you to get your pencil and your paper and I need you to write this down. Proverbs 8 and 8. God says, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. God's word is truth and all the words of God are in Righteousness. That's why Romans 1.18 says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all those who hold his truth. Oh, they have a hold of his truth, but they're holding it in an unrighteous context. And God's wrath is against all that. He, he's not blessing the best they can do. His wrath is revealed against them because they're holding God's word. Not talking about the world out there. Who I'm talking about those who actually hold God's truth in its unrighteous context. The wrath of God is against them. And they're not going anywhere. They're actually being resisted by God because it's pride, even if it's done in ignorance. God doesn't honor ignorance. He doesn't wink at ignorance. He commands men everywhere to repent. And thank God there are men repenting. Women, boys, girls, they're repenting. God, forgive me for wasting literally years holding your truth in an unrighteous way. But listen... All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And God's righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16. Galatians 2, 21. Write it down. Now, when the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, you get to choose. 
whether you will be moved with fear, that means your faith is real. Because if you're not being moved by truth, you're not being moved by God. Come on, somebody. Help me in here this morning. If we're not being moved by truth, see, to be, to be moved, you must be being led by the Spirit. He only leads in truth that shows us the path he's leading in. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Proverbs 12, 17. Let's keep it on a kindergarten level. Those who want to go ahead and uh, graduate and move on into things that are not even in the Bible, I hate it for them, but you got to let them go on. But you and I have to hear from God. We have to be led of the Spirit. We have to be walking after the Spirit. Everything else is walking after the flesh. So all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness, and His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, which reveals the person and the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And the avenue through which this righteousness is revealed, again, is grace, Galatians 2.21. And grace is what Jesus... It's, 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 the Bible says in Hebrews 2 9 that by grace Jesus tasted death for all men. There is no other avenue for grace and righteousness outside of the taste of death Jesus tasted for us. Now, you see, I want to say something in closing today. We can understand when it's the Holy Spirit if we're learning truth. He that speaks truth, Jesus said that will be the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will reveal the truth to you. He will lead you in all truth. You can know when it's the Holy Spirit and when it's not. Because when the Holy Spirit is speaking truth to you, he's showing you the righteousness of Christ. That path, that He only path he can lead you in. This is also how you can recognize those who may appear to be wanting to do you good and they may cry with you and they may hug you and they may be hospitable towards you maybe pay your electric bill every once in a while but you can also know those who are not speaking the truth those who are holding God's truth in an unrighteous way the church for centuries has gotten up and what they call just preach the word but the word preached must be the truth. And that truth must be held in its righteous context. See, God's not mystical and magical. He doesn't just go around our ignorance. He gives us the truth that we might share the truth, that we might walk in the truth, that we might learn to love the truth, and that we might remain in the truth. For only in the truth of the gospel are we going to be able to find what we're looking for in Christ and to be that sweet aroma to God as we carry this knowledge of his triumph everywhere we go. He only leads us in triumph. That means he only leads us to the cross, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. If he always leads us in triumph, the triumph of Christ, then that means he always leads us only through our faith in what Christ did to triumph for us. 
And that is what the Holy Spirit is revealing in the Word of God. And that is what we need to be hearing, learning, and learning to love. Love the truth so that we won't be deceived by the so many delusions that are in the world and even in the church today. We love you. God bless you. Again, this is Camp Meeting Week starting Thursday night at 6 o'clock. I pray that you'd be here if you can. And uh, I pray that you would tune in. And uh, we just give God all the praise for what he's done. This will be our sixth year in a year sixth year in a row for the determined count meeting and God is doing great and mighty things again we love you God bless you and until next time stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified see you then